You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. As you're being seated, let's take our Bibles tonight to Psalm 90. That was an appropriate song to sing because we're going to be using that verse tonight. This is the day which the Lord hath made. Psalm 90 in your Bibles. Who needs a fill-in-the-blank sheet tonight? Who needs a fill-in-the-blank sheet tonight? Looking up, looking down, looking all around. I saw someone in the sound booth needs one, gentlemen. Is that possible to run up there? You guys want to rock, paper, scissors to see who has to climb the stairs? All right. So, okay. How about a pen? Do we need a pen tonight? Pumpkin spice latte? Anybody? That sounds good, doesn't it? Who's going out of town for Thanksgiving? You'll be out of town for Thanksgiving? You just find out here? Okay. Wow, most of you will be in town. Okay, that's, that's good. That's wonderful. I will be gone. I won't be here where our family will be in Napa, but uh, you enjoy that. I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving already, and, uh, I, you know, and I, I say this every year, but you better start preparing yourself, okay? Don't just go into Thanksgiving having been on a diet for three months, all right? You're going to hurt yourself. Make sure you're preparing, you know, doing stomach exercises, expanding and contracting to get ready for all the food that you're going to eat on that day, okay? So just want to give you some pastorly advice there. Now, I left my glasses in the office, so I don't know what I'm reading. It'll be awesome, though. We'll have a good time. Psalm 90, verse 10, all right? Psalm 90 and verse number 10. And I want to speak tonight, and I want to just be extremely practical I always feel like at the end of the year is a great opportunity for a reset. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's easy to start something on January 1st. It just seems natural. You know, out with the old, in with the new, and, and as we're get, gearing up for the end of the year and, uh, and getting ready to kind of wind things down these next few months, but then get ready in the beginning of January to, to hit the ground running again, I want to encourage us about this topic, making every day count. Making every day count. Look at Psalm 90. This is a prayer of Moses. And verse number 10 says, The days of our years are threescore years and ten, which is seventy. A score is twenty, threescore is sixty, plus ten is seventy. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore, so four times twenty, eighty, Years Yet is there strength, labor, and sorrow, for it is soon cut off, and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger, even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. Verse 12, so teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Saying, you know, that we can, we know that we're going to get 70 years, maybe 80, all right? So that's his guesstimate there, Moses is. We're not, we're not, certainly not, uh... I told that we will get more than that. Brother John, what you got for me? What is that? My glasses? You are the man. How'd you find those? Brother. Thank you. Any in your car? All right, I appreciate that. Thank you so much, brother. Look at that. You get a raise, brother. Right now, that's it. All right. Good. Thank you. Okay, we're in the book of Proverbs, actually. Proverbs, no, I'm just kidding. We're not. Psalm, uh... Psalm 90, we're talking about how, and uh, uh, Moses, he doesn't know how many we'll get, but it's a guess, right? We don't 
knowing about 140 years old, usually 70 to 80. Uh, if you're 80, you're, you're lucky, I guess, and 90, and, and probably when you're getting to that age, 90, 100, you're like, I'm not so lucky. I want to go to heaven. I don't know, but, but uh, that's the kind of the years that you get. And he says there, so teach us to number our days. Teach us to number our days. Teach us, God, that to make our days count. Teach us to, to think about how many days we get upon this earth. And uh, sometimes we spend so much of our time wishing days away. Well, I just wish it was Thanksgiving today. I just wish it was Christmas. I wish it was my birthday. I wish I was 18. I wish I was 21. I wish I was this. I wish I, I, wish I could go back to 18 or whatever. You know? We spend so much of our time wishing time away. And so I want to just in, encourage you with some thoughts tonight. Flip over to, uh, to Psalm 118. Psalm 118. And uh, if you didn't know where this verse was in the Bible, here it is. Psalm 118, verse 24. 118, verse 24. This is the day. Psalm 118, verse 24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Every day you're given. God gave you that day. So it's not a day to be wasted. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. In John chapter 9, verse 4, Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. He didn't say, I must nap the naps of him that sent me. He didn't say, I must Instagram the inst you know, He didn't say a lot of the, but he said, I got to do some work. Now, did Jesus rest? Yeah, he did. Did Jesus take time to eat? Did, yeah, he did. Did he take time to fellowship? Absolutely. Did he go to church? Yeah, we know he went to the synagogue. Did he, yeah, he knew the word of God, obviously. He was the word of God. So, so he did things, but, but he was saying, there's things I have to accomplish. Do you think Jesus numbered his days? He knew when the cross was. He knew 33 was all he got. He made his time count. Of course, he was perfect. We're not, but he did. Absolutely. Uh, in Romans 13, 11, Paul tells us, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. Me and Brother Fotu are going through discipleship on Wednesdays, and, and today we got to lesson 13 on discipleship, and we were talking over and over again about, we're, we're dealing with prophecy and end time events, and we were talking about how it just shows, when you, when you read the Bible in the end times, how close it really is that Christ is coming back. When you see all that's going on, there's nothing left that needs to happen before Christ comes back. He could come back right now, and all of prophecy would be fulfilled so far of what we know. And, and, uh, but, it, but it's getting closer. And as those days get closer and the clock keeps ticking, boy, we ought to be doing more for God than ever. Making our days count. So I want to preach about that tonight. Father, bless, I pray the message. Instruct us and help us tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So I want to be super, super, super practical tonight and just give you some thoughts, and maybe you could take one or two and apply them. But do you ever feel like days are just passing by so quick? Did 20, it feels like 2022 started last month. I mean, it just feels like it has gone so quick. And, and you know, maybe projects for you keep piling up, and, and uh, you feel like you're not getting anything done. Maybe this is just me that feels this way. I feel like as a 38-year-old, I'm going through a pre-midlife midlife crisis. Or I don't even know that I'm midlife yet. You know, I guess according to Moses I am. But at 38, you know, I feel like so often like I'm never going to have enough time to get done what I need to get done. That's how I feel. And there's a constant pressure. Now, 
I realize that's not the most ideal mindset to have, right? When you're 38, like, oh, I'm not getting enough done. But, uh, but I, I think we ought to take time also, with that being said, to have the mindset of, I want to get stuff done, but also take time to enjoy our days. I want to enjoy being 38, because I'll blink and I'll be 78. I want to enjoy the day that God gave me. I want to enjoy this time because i got one toddler left in the home. One toddler left, that's it. I want to enjoy this day. Uh, you know, I only have one teenager right now. I don't have four, all right? I want to enjoy today. So as, as you're going through life, enjoy it. But if I'm going to end up glad with how I spent my life, I need to make my days count. We need to make our days count for something. Now, not, I'm not talking about put yourself under constant pressure, but I'm saying build some good habits and have a good plan. Uh, someone said, how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. What we do with this hour and that one is what we are doing. A schedule defends from chaos and whim. It is a net for catching days. Andy Dillard said that. So a schedule defends from chaos and whim. It is a net for catching days. You know, we ought to take time to schedule what is important to us. I think that's a great thing to do. The way to live a wasted life is to keep saying what you're going to do, but never do it. Who said that? Eli Reynolds, right? That's it. So uh, the way to live a wasted life is to keep saying what you're going to do, but never do it. And uh, so we hear phrases like, carpe diem, you know, seize the day. We hear, and there's some truth to that. Grab it. God wants us to be productive. I read a prayer a while ago, and this was the prayer from somebody. Dear Lord, so far today I'm doing all right. I have not gossiped, lost my temper, been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or self-indulgent. I have not whined, cursed, or even eaten any chocolate. Even though that's not a sin, right? However, I'm going to get out of bed in a few minutes, and I'll need a lot more help after that. Amen. Days are difficult. You know, it's hard to, some days when you're facing troubles and difficulties and problems that come up and, and your desk is stacked with paperwork or things you've got to get done, it's hard to really think about making your days count. But this is the day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. What if, it, what if it's a disappointing day at work? You can still be, have a good day. What if it's a disappointing day at home? You can still rejoice in that day. You can still accomplish something for Christ. You can still walk with him and talk with him and pray and read your Bible and, and help other people. There's always something to do and to rejoice about. So here it is. There's two determining factors for whether you're going to make the most out of your day or not. The two determining factors for whether you're going to make the most out of your day boils down to these two things. First of all, decisions. Decisions you're going to have to make. Now, in two months... There will be New Year's resolutions that some people in here will make. Some of you gave up on them long ago. <laughs> no, but uh, you may make some, you may not. You may have some goals for next year, and maybe you don't call them resolutions, but, but things you want to focus on or get done. But you have to make good decisions. You're going to make your day count. It's going to boil down to the decisions that you make. And uh, also, what else? Discipline. Decisions and discipline will determine how your days go. Those two things are absolutely important. The decisions you make and the discipline, whether or not you will do what you decide to do. Just because you decide to do something doesn't mean you're going to do it. I've decided to lose weight a bunch of times in my life. Doesn't mean I did it. I've decided to pray a certain amount or read my Bible a certain amount or soul win a certain amount or, or any, any type of thing. You, know, you can think about it. Doesn't mean that I did it, though. 
See, a decision has to have discipline behind it. Or else, there's no act. It's like faith without works is dead, being alone. There has to be a discipline. What good is a resolution if you don't have any, dis- if you don't have any discipline? So, uh, bad decision making and a lack of discipline are going to equal a life that is not making every day count. So, John Maxwell, famous author and Christian, uh, gave this formula here, this formula for uh, you know, making your days count. He said, good decisions minus daily discipline equals a plan without a payoff. So, you, you, you made good decisions, so you had a good plan, but you didn't have the discipline to do it, so you didn't get the reward, you didn't get the payoff for doing the decisions you made. How many times have you come to an altar and made a decision for God? How many times have you sat in your seat and made a decision for God, but when you walked out the back doors, you didn't give it another thought? You see, you thought, well, I made some decisions today, but it doesn't matter if you don't do something. Good intentions are not what get the rewards of God upon your life. You have to do some action with that. So daily discipline minus good decisions is regimentation without reward. So you had the discipline, but you didn't make any good decisions. You had the regiments, but you didn't get any rewards because you didn't have good decisions you were making. But good decisions plus daily discipline is a masterpiece of potential. This is from, again, from John Maxwell. Good decisions and daily discipline equals a masterpiece of potential. Man, Think about that. If you are consistently making right decisions and consistently you have the discipline to do them, who knows what God could do with your life? Who knows what God could do in your life or through your life? Man, if we just had the discipline to make the decisions, to obey the Bible, as Brother Steve Reyes said Sunday, let the Bible be our boss. And and if we had the the, the discipline to, to do what we decided to do, I'm telling you, Man, God could use that in a mighty, mighty way. Uh, Charles Richards said, don't be fooled by the calendar. There are only as many days in the year as you make use of. One person gets only a week's value out of a year, and while another gets a full year's value out of a week. Boy, that's true. Absolutely. You've got to make the most of your days. So we all get the same amount of time in our days, but what separates those? Uh, from who get things done and don't. Discipline and decisions. Someone said, time is like a block of marble. Give it to an average person, you end up with a block of marble. But put it in the hands of a master sculptor and watch what happens. I think we need to be more careful about what we're doing with our time. When God places time in our hands, let's be diligent with it. So, prioritizing what matters. How are we going to make every day count for God, numbering our days, getting to the end of our life and saying, hey, I made something of my life. I accumulated something for God. Now, I will say this. I will say this right now. I am purely concerned with the spiritual aspect of this. I could care less if you've made it through your life and you've got a million dollars in the bank when you die. I don't care about that. Um, uh, Good for you. I hope you use it well. Uh, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but uh, God's not impressed by your bank account numbers. God, is, God does want you to be a good steward, I know that. But what I'm saying is, I want to, what I'm talking about is getting you to the end of your life as a pastor, helping you get to the end of your life where you have rewards to give back to God. 
That's, that's what I'm concerned with, is that when you get to heaven, you get some crowns that you get to cast at the feet of Jesus as you bow and say, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. That's my concern, is we make a life that is pleasing to God. And that's what God wants me to tell you, okay? So let's prioritize some things. First of all, let's talk about the spiritual. The spiritual side. The spiritual aspect of things. I want to encourage you to to decide what you will do spiritually and then discipline yourself to do it. No one is going to discipline you for you unless you join the military. And then they will discipline you to do it. Brother Jeff, am I right on that? I'm right on that. I'm always right. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, but, but what I'm saying is, if you, it, who do you expect to discipline you? Husbands, do you expect your wives to make you disciplined? Wives, do you expect your husbands? Teenagers, you're getting to be 16, 17, and 18. Look, when you're 25, your mom's not going to come to your house, if you're living in a house, and, and wake you up and say, hey, it's time to get up and do nothing today. Look, you have to discipline yourself. We have to do this. And so decide what you're going to do spiritually. What are you going to do? What decisions have you made about your spiritual side, your spiritual nature, and then discipline yourself to do them? Jesus said, but seek ye first, priority, first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. I don't think it's wrong to apply that by saying, look, if you take care of God first, God will take care of everything else for you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Job said, neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Wow. It's amazing what we trade for God's word in our lives. Job said, if it means I can't eat today, I want the words of God. And we're like, if it means I can't be on the internet today, then I'll have to pass on it. We really trade God's word for so much in our lives, don't we? But uh, we cannot allow anything to cram God out of our lives. No, that's not how it's supposed to work. So let's talk about three areas here. Let's talk about the Bible. What are you going to do with the Bible? What are you going to do with it? I'm going to read it. You're good. Good. I'm going to bring it to church with me, Pastor. Great. Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday. But what are you going to do with it? Are you going to read it? Good. Are you going to study it? Even better. Are you going to meditate on it? That's best. Are you going to memorize it? You're going to tell God whatever he shows you to obey, you'll obey it? I I mean, what are we going to do with the Bible? Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We've got to study God's word. So set some goals. What are your Bible reading goals? Now look, I don't think you ought to have a goal of 52 chapters a day. Come on, I mean, I I don't know that's the best thing to continue doing. But uh, do you have any goals? Do you have a plan? Or is it just, you know what, if I get into some trouble today, I'll just open it up and read something. And so, God, give me something from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 27, verse 34. In the time when thou shalt be broken by the seas and the depths of the waters, thy merchandise and all thy company in the midst of thee shall fall. Okay, I'm going to die. God's telling me right now. That that, I mean, is that how you're going to do the Bible? And I just open up to a random verse. You know, that, that's not a plan. That, that's not the right way to do it. So I want to encourage you to have, have a plan. You're getting to the end of the year. I, I hope you have a plan for November, December, but what are you going to do next year? 
What are you going to do next year? How are you going to make it real to you? Maybe it's just a chapter a day and just writing out what God is giving you. Let me give you a couple of thoughts here, just very simple stuff. Uh, uh, just some tips here. Make a daily enjoyable routine out of it. Make a routine. Okay, do some like habit stacking or whatever they call it, where you, you do something you like doing and you pair it with something that maybe you don't like doing as much. So you like drinking coffee? Drink your coffee as you read your Bible. So, Pastor, are you saying we don't like to read our Bible? You know sometimes you don't want to read your Bible. Or else you would do it every day. And there would be no problem, right? But uh, all of us at some point are like, okay, man, I'm in, I'm in Leviticus right now. Let me get through. You know, whatever. And, and what I'm saying is, and that's a great book of the Bible, by the way. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Well, but certainly some are more action-packed than others. I will say that. But what you, you know, make a routine out of it. Maybe you're not a coffee drinker because you're saved. I would say, drink tea, something. Make it a routine that you enjoy doing, that you look forward to doing. I will tell you, the more you read the Bible, the more you get into it, the more you'll enjoy it. But set a routine to do it. How about number two, set a goal that is both attainable but also stretches you. Again, for some of you, I think that may just be one chapter a day. That may stretch you because you're not used to doing it. And some of you may feel ashamed, like, oh, well, pastor, I mean, I, I've been in church my whole life, and, and you're saying I should only read a chapter a day. There's a lot of wonderful, incredible Christians and pastors and servants and leaders that just read one chapter a day. Oh, that doesn't even make sense. It's what you're getting from it. Are you getting fed from it? And who cares what everybody else is doing? You do what, what you can do, what God is, and then you can always add to it, but if you, if you, if you try to bite off too much, you're never going to do it anyway. But, so do something that is attainable. Set a goal that you can actually achieve, and then let it stretch you, and do it every day. Number three, vary how you take the Bible in. Can I encourage you to just mix it up a little bit, how you take the Bible in? Okay, so, so one day you're reading the Bible, and the next day maybe you ought to listen to it. There's tons of free apps that you can get where you're, you're listening to the Bible. And some of you, you, you know that when you want to read a book, you do better with Audible than you do with a paperback. Some of you know an audio book helps you to, to learn better than, than getting a book out. You labor through books, but you can listen to it. Why don't you do that with the Bible? You know, well, it's against the law, Pastor. You have to read it straight from a book like this. If it doesn't have this flimsy paper, then it's not, you, God won't honor that. No, that's just, you know, that's ridiculous thinking. God can still speak to you through an, uh, someone reading the Bible to you, okay? I've read the Bible to you tonight, all right? So, so that, that does work. Very, number four, very how much you take in. By the way, you can read it, you can listen to it, you can read it while you listen to it. That's cool. I do that sometimes. I let someone read it as I'm reading it too. Not like different passages, though. Don't do that, all right? That's confusing, but the same passage, all right? But vary how much you take in. I like to have times of reading large portions of Scripture. I like to get, sometimes I like to get the whole picture of what's going on and read a large portion of Scripture. Sometimes, hey, I, honestly, there have been days where I've spent a long time in my Bible study and I got through one verse. But, but that's just, you know, you, you take that as it comes. And, and uh, maybe a large portion, maybe a smaller portion. It's okay to do those sort of things. Study the small ones. Consume the large portions. Keep a pen and notepad handy. And just be ready to jot down something that God gives to you. It, it, you say, well, it's, it's nothing special. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's God loves me. Well, that's great. Write it down. Write it down. If that's what God's giving you, write it down and look at it and stare at it. And then if he tells you something else, just keep writing. 
And if he's speaking to you, then you just keep going. And before long, it'll be rich to you. And it'll mean something to you. So, so don't downplay what God gives you from Scripture just because it's simple. It's the simple stuff that changed lives. So don't, be, don't you know, downplay that. What are you going to do with the Bible? What are you going to do with prayer? The Bible says pray without ceasing. Do you have any plans, any goals for prayer? Let me give you a couple tips here. First of all, consider using a prayer journal. Consider using a prayer journal. Now, I know men don't think we can use journals, right? A journal is like, that's like a diary. That's like, you know, what, what teenage girls have. No, a journal, that, that's, not, well, kind of is. But that's not what the journal I'm talking about, okay? Uh, I'm talking about having a planned out way of praying. Not where you have every word dictated, but you have a plan when you go into it. These are people I want to pray for today. Uh, this is issues in my life I want to pray for. These are blessings I want to pray for. These are healings that I want God to give to people, whatever it may be. But, but have maybe a plan so you're not just winging it every day, which is not bad. I mean, you can do that, but I think a prayer list helps us to stay focused and, and uh, teaches us how to pray a little bit better. Number two, make a, a daily enjoyable routine out of it, but don't let it become routine. Make, make sure you do it every day, but don't let it be something that you're just saying the same prayer over and over again. Because when we start to just say the same prayers over and over again, we might as well be just saying Hail Marys. Because it's vain repetition. Mean it from your heart. Number three, pray for specific things and track your answers to prayer. Track your answers to prayer. How about write some things down on paper that you're praying for, and then when God answers, go by, check them, and then put a date where God answered that prayer for you. And so you can go back through when you're, when you're feeling discouraged, and you can see God answer 30 prayers for you. And, and be encouraged by that. How about number four? Ask people how you can pray for them. I think that's a good thing to do. Go up to somebody and say, hey, good to see you, man. I noticed you've been missing. Can I pray for you about something? And don't use it as like the way to get into gossip, you know. What's going on in your life? Can I pray for you? Tell me about them. You know, don't do that. But, but maybe ask people in that way. What's your goal? Hey, I want to make the most of my day. You know what i got to do? i got to be in my Bible. i got to be in prayer if I want to make the most of my day today. And uh, so I, I want to make today count. Also, church. Well, pastor, I don't go to church every day. I understand that. But when you can go to church, when it is church time, we need to go to church. And uh, one thing we did learn during COVID is that Although the government may not recognize it, the church is essential. We did learn that. Church is essential. That is an essential thing, essential part of our lives. Boy, we needed it so badly during COVID. I'm thankful that, that we never really, we, we had online church for a little bit, but then we went outside, we came inside. Thank God for it. But church is essential. You know, it's very hard to live the Christian life without faithfully attending a good church. How can you do that? Man, it's hard. So hard. God did not put you in this world alone. He gave you a church. He gave you a church. He gave you a church to help you. He gave you a church to help you help others. He gave you a church for fellowship. He gave you a church as an opportunity to serve him, an opportunity to worship together, be encouraged with other believers. We need church now more than we ever have in our lives. It's so important that we have church. So, though, though you may not go to church every day, you've got to make it a priority when you can go. So, a couple thoughts here for you. Just, just tips really quickly here. Attend every church service you can. Everyone you can. No one ever walk. I, I, I would be willing to bet this, all right? But uh, maybe, maybe you would disagree. Well, maybe, also, I'll just speak for myself. I've never walked out of a church service and said, man, I wish I didn't go. I wish I didn't even go today. I, I've never done that. I've always been glad that I honored God and went. I've always been glad. 
every time. Even if I didn't like the message. Even if I thought, hey, the pastor was boring and it was me preaching, all right? Even then, I'm like, I'm still glad I went to church. I'm always glad. And by the way, when you go to church, might as well participate in the services while you're there. Might as well sing and say amen and, and have a good time. Number two, attend every church function you can. We have ladies' activities. Well, I hope, ladies, I hope you'll go to those activities. I don't need to go. Yeah, you really do. Who do you think we have it for? It's you. Guys, when we have men's barbecues or anything that involves men involves food also. So when we have these events, man, show up. There's teen activities. Teens be there. Well, I don't know how much I like the beach. You live in Long Beach, okay? Go to the beach with us. Have a good time. Uh, enjoy the activities because, hey, uh, every church function you can can offer you something, can give you just a shot in the arm. Shouldn't be saying that, you know, with COVID, people are like traumatized. I don't want to hear about shots anymore. Number three, be faithful to a Sunday school class. That's just a good tip for you. It's a small group, and it's an opportunity for you to get around other people in your category, and it can really be a blessing to you. Number four, serve the Lord with others. Supposed to see on and on a GBC team. Serve the Lord with others on a GBC team. Not in on a GBC team, as I put on there, but on a GBC team. We have tons of teams now you can serve on. And, uh, and I encourage you to do that. What are you doing? You're making your time count. If you allow your insecurities and fears to stop you from doing what God is calling you to do for the next 10 years, and I'll teach whenever I get ready, and I'll, and I'll, I'll, go, I'll do this. You're, you're missing 10 years of blessings. And that's compounded interest when it gets to heaven, because when it gets there, it's multiplied. So don't miss it. Make today count. Well, I don't even know how I'll do it. That's okay. God wants to push you out of your comfort zone sometimes to get you to grow. And that's how growth takes place. So prioritize what matters. Prioritize your spiritual life. How are you going to make today count? Well, you made a good decision. You came to church. When the doors were open, you were here. But I also hope that you've had some Bible and some prayer time. That's making today count. And then tomorrow when you get up, sometime during your day, make time for the Bible and prayer. Make time for God in your life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And you're making your day count. You're making it count. Number two, the physical. The physical aspect. I'm going to go quickly because I've got to get these last two in here. The physical. What do I mean? Decide. You're not going like, to like this. You're not going to like it. Decide how to take care of your body and discipline yourself to do it. And look, I say this fully knowing what I'm going to do to my body on Thanksgiving Day. All right? I, I say this hypocritically. But uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Now, the Bible says in Philippians 1, 20, uh, it says, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. So in my body. And then, of course, 1 Corinthians talks about that, that, that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which is in us. So God cares about the body. God does care about the body. Look, if you don't take care of your body and you end your life 20 years prematurely, that's 20 years where you could have done something else for God. And, 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 and by the way, 
This is not a lesson on weight loss, okay? That's, that's too complicated of a topic to even discuss because people have different metabolisms. They're born with different uh, 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 genetic systems. I'm not even getting into all that. What I'm talking about tonight is just taking care of the body God gave you. Taking care of the body God gave you. We're stewards of this body. It's not even what we're going to have in eternity. We only get it for the short time we're here. We've got to take care of it. I remember when my parents got me a car. It was, uh, you know, like $200, but I was told to take care of that car. Don't abuse that car. Now, was I driving around the parking lot of Walmart smashing into shopping carts in the empty parking lot? Yes. But was I supposed to? No. What was I thinking? You know, but I was supposed to be taking care of my, of my car. I'm supposed to take care of this body. God gave it to me. So let me just give you a couple of just very basic things here. Again, just, uh, I'm, trying, I, I'm not trying to give it, uh, uh, you know, weight loss advice. This is just taking care of your body. First of all, you need rest. You may think that coffee is what keeps you going. But honestly, rest is what keeps you going. Sleep. Naps when you need them. Now, don't make that like all your life is about. For when you sleep until you nap, and then from you nap to when you wake, you go to bed at night, you, you get out of bed, you look at it, and say, see you again soon, and you walk out your room. You know, maybe that's not the way. I would talk to the slothful man turning on the bed at, like a door uh, swings on its hinges. You know, so don't be lazy. But, but some of you need to be told to rest more. Some of you need to be told to work more. But, but most people in here today need to be told to rest more. You, you need rest. The average person needs seven to, hours, uh, seven to eight hours of sleep per night. How, how, did this week, did any of you get seven to, hour, seven to eight hours of sleep? I wonder, how many of you got seven to eight hours of sleep every night or several times a week? Okay, like seven people, all right? And that's why they're smiling and you're not because they actually went to bed at a good time, right? But they say that school-aged children through teens need eight to 12 hours every night. Why are teens always grumpy? They're staying awake till 2 a.m. playing video games. They ought to be in bed. They need more sleep because their body is changing. That requires energy. Uh, that requires a lot of energy. So that's why they're sleeping. Make them go to bed, all right? And, uh, but rest. Take care of your body. If you don't take... Look, look on, don't go, look on Google. This is a bad idea. But if you do look on Google, look at all the benefits of rest. And look what happens when you don't get enough rest. They talk about Alzheimer's. They talk about all these different diseases you can get because you're not resting appropriately. You need rest, okay? Number two, eat good foods. That's all I'm going to say about that, except for this too. <laughs> but uh, just, just like your soul needs good things, your body needs good things. You can't serve God if you're dead. Okay? Eat good foods. You say, Pastor, that lasagna is so good. That's not what I'm talking about, all right? That, that's good every once in a while, right? But, but take care of your body. Once in a while, put something green inside of it. You know, just, that's just my advice to you, okay? That's not, again, I'm not talking about weight loss. I'm just saying try to eat something that you don't like every once in a while, okay? Something vegetarian in, in, the, in the vegetable aisle of bonds or something, okay? But try to just eat. You'll feel better. I promise you. Psalm 6, 5 said, For in death there is no remembrance of thee. In the grave who shall give thee thanks? Right? So, so eat good foods. And I'm, I'm a foodie. I love food. I'm trying to eat more healthy and then have it, have it not the opposite. Where I, I don't want to be eating bad all the time and then every once in a while eat healthy. I want to eat healthy all the time and then every once in a while eat unhealthy. Pizza. Anything that's, you know, I don't know, milkshakes, things like that, okay? Then number three, 
You're going to hate me after this one. Exercise. I got some amens. Okay. All right. Exercise. People say, people that don't like to exercise say, Pastor, the Bible says bodily exercise profiteth little, but it does profit a little. It doesn't profit your soul as much, but that's what it's saying there. But it is profitable for your body. And so maybe, maybe, if you feel like it, and even if you don't, do something in the exercise realm. I hate running. Only time I'm running is with a ball in my hands or with someone with a knife chasing me. I do not like running, all right? But you put a, a basketball in my hands, I'll tear my calf as I run, but I will run anyway, all right? And, uh, but I'll get on the elliptical, it's different. Maybe some of you are biking. Remember we used to have that biking club, guys, that lasted? How long did that last, all right? <laughs> it's still going? All right, I just haven't heard anything about it. No recent injuries, I guess. But anyway, but, but it, it, maybe for you it, it's, it's walking during lunch. I'm just saying it might be a good thing to put some exercise in there. Boy, I can tell you all didn't like that one. I'm just going to keep moving here. But, but think about this with me for a second. And maybe you're like, well, you know, it's hard the way I live and, and I'm always busy and things. What if you made right decisions and had discipline for three months about your health? How different would your health be? If every day for three months you had right decisions and discipline, it would be, it would be night and day. You'd probably add years to your life. So I'm just, and many of you are probably already doing it, but I'm saying take care of what God has given you. Lastly, lastly, we talked about the spiritual. We talked about the physical. Let's talk about the familial, the, the familial, the family, okay? The familial, that's a fun word to say. Decide how to help your family and discipline yourself to do it. Decide how you're going to help your family and discipline yourself to do it. It's sad that our country is in such a fast-paced society that family gets put on the back burner because of career or other things. If you have a career but lose your family, what do you really have? So we need to think about our families. Let me give you some priorities here quickly. Priority number one, a family altar. I say this and I'm convicted because I don't do it as often as I should. A family altar. If you've got kids in the house or teenagers, it's a perfect time to teach the Bible to them. Well, they won't listen. Then it's time for a powwow and tell them what they will be doing and what they won't be doing. After all, you are the parent. Family altar. Number two, date nights with your spouse. I'm tired of hearing about missionaries coming off the field because they ruin their marriages. I'm tired of hearing about that. Those are from supposedly the best Christians. What are we doing? Let's take time for that. Let's make some decisions. But then let's stick to those decisions and have the discipline to do them. Date nights, number three, with your children. If you have children, if you have a spouse, if you have children, date nights with them. Uh, spending time with them individually. Making sure they know they count, they matter, that you're hearing them. Number four, fellowship with Christian friends. Maybe, you, 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 by the way, you're not a second-class citizen if you don't have a spouse or kids. Okay, we know that, right? But uh, maybe, maybe you need to be spending time with some Christian friends or some of your family, your parents, your, uh, your siblings, uh, nieces and nephews or aunts and uh, whatever. And need, they need to have more of you in their life. Maybe it's Christian friends. You do need fellowship. Spending time together outside of church could be a very good thing for you. It could be a very encouraging thing for you. <clears throat> and if you have the mentality, oh, I can't spend time with my family. I've got to get all this work done. Let me remind you that outside of God, your family is your top priority. That's it biblically. 
William James said, The art of being wise is the art of knowing what to overlook. Some things may be pressing and urgent in, in front of you, but sometimes you've got to just overlook that. And can I just help you with this for a second, since I've got a little extra time here, I'm almost done. Just because someone texts you doesn't mean you have to respond right away. Did you know that? I thought that was a law. I thought it was a law that if someone calls you, you have to immediately call them right back. But I, I don't do that anymore. You know why? Just because someone else, and if it's an urgent thing, of course I'm going to try to do my best to call back. But just because someone else thinks it's important doesn't mean that it is important to me if I'm doing something else. On my days off, it's, it, Monday is my day off, oftentimes I'm not even looking at my phone. Now, if they have an emergency, I, 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 please don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm on call all the time. If you need me, you call me. If you need something, uh, that's fine. But, but oftentimes people have a spur-of-the-moment thought, and it's just, hey, I need this. And, and, and it may not be people from our church. It's other people. And, and, and I'll just be like, you know what? I'm going to get back to that when I've got time. And what I'm saying is, well, you can't let other people's schedule rule your schedule. You can't, it's okay to let that voicemail sit there for a little while. You know, remember in the old days when they actually had to write letters? Like, you'd get a letter in the mail, and you wouldn't just be like, pen and paper right now! Mailman! You, know, you wouldn't do that. You'd say, oh, I, might, I might write them back next week. What? You know, when it was a phone call, when they didn't have cell phones, I remember that my friends would call, leave a message. I was like, well, I'll call them, I'll see them at school tomorrow, I'll call them back the next day or whatever. What I'm saying is, don't, don't let your life be ruled by your cell phone. And don't let other people's schedules rule your schedule. We have a rule. We, we, don't, let, we don't check text messages or phone calls at the dinner table. We're not doing that. Well, what if it's important? It can wait the 3.2 minutes it takes me to eat my dinner, okay? It can wait. And, and, and so what I'm saying is, don't let other people, and, and by the way, my job may be a little bit different than yours. I, I am by nature on call 24-7, so I'm going to try to, I might break my commands that I'm encouraging you to do, okay? I might, I might uh, be looking at my phone at 10 o'clock at night to see who's texting me or calling me or whatever. I may have to get back to them right away. But what I'm saying is don't let other people, their schedule, run your schedule, especially if it means sacrificing your family. I heard about a man who went to the Super Bowl, and he was, I mean, he was the top row right behind the end zone, and he looked down and he spotted uh, uh, at the 50-yard line, there was an empty seat right next to this old man. And he's like, man, I would rather sit on the 50-yard line than behind the end zone at the top over here. So he, he ran down over there. He noticed through the whole first quarter, no one was sitting beside that man. It's a Super Bowl, right? So expensive. And he ran down to that man. He said, excuse me, sir, is anybody sitting here? And the man said, actually, no, the, the seat belongs to me, but I was supposed to come with my wife, but she died. He said, this is the first Super Bowl we haven't been to, to together since we got married in 1967. The first one we haven't been to together. And the guy said, wow, that's very sad. But still, I mean, couldn't you find somebody else to take the seat? I mean, didn't you have a relative or a close friend? And he said, no, they're, they're all at the funeral. So, you guys were all sad for a moment. You're like, oh, this is going to be touching. No, it wasn't. It was sad. Look, outside of God, it's not the Super Bowl. It's not, your priority is your family. Family. So if you want to make your day count, I'm telling you, if you can get time with God 
and you can spend time with him, even if it's just a short amount of time, but you, but you get time with God, and when it's church day, you're going to church, and it's Sunday school time, you're in Sunday school, and it's a Sunday night, and it's Wednesday night time, and then there's opportunity to serve, and then when it comes to your family, you're making time with them, and you're spending time with one another, and you're doing those things, those things add up. Those things count. Does your job count? Yes, you have to provide. I get that. Of course, I'm not, I'm not trying to discount your job, but, but spiritually, I, I don't have to tell you to do your job. You're going to do your job, but sometimes I have to tell you to love your family and, and to spend time with them. And sometimes I have to tell you to, hey, spend time with God. And so do those things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. That we said, we read the verse there, this is the day that the Lord hath made. Are we going to make our days count? The last quote there on your sheet. Things that matter most must never be at the mercy of things that matter least. Wolfgang von Goethe said that. Goethe, German name. Goethe, there it is. Things that matter most must never be at the mercy of things that matter least. So let's make sure we've got right priorities. And let's pray, God, I don't want to waste any more of my days. I don't want to waste any of my time. Help me to use my time wisely for you. Father, thank you for today. Bless us, I pray, that we would that we would make our days count for Jesus Christ. Lord, that at the end of our life, we would have compounded interest upon our days because we're spending them and investing them on things that matter for eternity. Lord, I pray that as we go to work this week, everyone here, that we would have a renewed vigor to do our jobs right, but that we'd also make sure that we're spending time with our God, that we're doing things that are spiritual in nature every single day, that we're taking care of our families, We're making every day count for God. Lord, we love you. Help us with this tonight, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being here tonight, folks. We love you. You are dismissed.